Hey there, Converge Nation, Pastor Ray here, and thank you so much for joining us for today's broadcast. Before we jump into today's message, I just wanted to share a couple of public service announcements with you. Uh, number one, we are prayerfully considering when it will make the most sense strategically and intentionally for us to resume in-person gatherings. We're evaluating uh, everything around COVID, but also our bench strength and our team numbers. And as we continue to evaluate and assess our current needs, we will make you aware of what our decision will be. For now, for now, we will continue to meet online only in the month of February. And we ask you, we implore you, we admonish you to stay engaged, invite a friend to tune in on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And here's why February is so important. Uh, we're going to be launching a brand new series. As you know, one of our traditions here at Converge is always to dedicate uh, the month of February uh, to, to conversations and content that speaks specifically to relationships. And so this year, our series in February is going to be no different, except it's going to be, I believe, the best relationship series we've done to date. I'll say that again. I'm going on record as saying this upcoming series in February is going to be our most compelling, most engaging, most transformative series yet. Listen, we've chosen the title for this series coming up in February, Versus. Come on, how many of you have seen some Versus battles? Well, we're taking it up a whole notch. We're going to level up. This upcoming series in February is called Versus. He said she said, and the truth. Listen, we're going to be getting into some honest, uh, candid conversations uh, from the male perspective, from the female perspective, but we're going to land on the truth of God's word. I've got some really special guests. Come on, somebody, line up to help us have this conversation as we equip and empower couples and even individuals. In fact, we're going to have a, 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 a unique emphasis as part of this series, uh, uh, speaking to issues that impact those of us who are, those of you who are part of the congregation who are single or single again. Remember, verses he said, she said, and the truth starts this February. We invite you to join us for that. Now, uh, before we dive into the message, let me just give you a heads up. I just got back, just got back from South Africa where I had the awesome privilege of officiating the formal wedding of our very own Coquetso and Colo Macafola. It was the trip of a lifetime. I mean, absolutely amazing. Uh, Colo and Coquetso were super proud of them. They pulled out all the stops, just had an exceptionally beautiful and exquisite wedding ceremony in the forest, y'all, under pine trees in South Africa, the most breathtaking venue at, uh, I believe it was the Florence uh, Guest Farms and Wedding Venue. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Well, I came back. It was a long flight. There were a couple of delays, uh, not from Johannesburg to Amsterdam, but there were some delays from Amsterdam uh, to the U.S. I should have flown directly into Minnesota, uh, actually uh, flew into Boston because of some flight crew issues, and then flew from Boston to Minneapolis, and then from Minneapolis to Dallas. And uh, I looked at my Delta app, 
and I was flying, the total flying time was over 24 hours, not counting the amount of time I was in transit. Well, uh, I started to feel a little under the weather, runny nose, I mean just aches and pains all over my body, and then later found out, even though I tested negative before uh, to COVID before leaving South Africa, that uh, I was exposed, uh, may have been exposed to a few people who tested positive. And out of an abundance of caution, I've been quarantining at home and just trying to regain my strength. I just took a PCR test and I'm waiting for the results of that PCR test. Uh, but man, uh, I, I, I maybe sound a lot better, maybe even look a lot better than I feel, but I feel like I've been run over by a fleet of Mack trucks. And that being said, I didn't really feel that I could do justice delivering the word uh, to you this morning. I just needed to rest and recover physically. I'll keep you posted as it relates to the results from the PCR test that I just took a few minutes ago. I should have the results in 24 to 48 hours. Uh, again, I'm quarantining at home to make sure my beautiful mocha princess, our two little babies, and my dad are safe until we know for sure. That being said, I have asked my dear friend, Adonis Lindsay, who is a, a sought after conference speaker, Bible teacher, and successful author of two books, Next, which so many of you love, and his first book, which he co-authored with his beautiful wife, Heather, called Dating in Black and White, which by the way, on you version, has been downloaded and completed over 100,000 times. I'll say that again. Dating in Black and White has been downloaded over a hundred thousand times, the, the Bible reading plan. Uh, so listen, uh, he is no stranger to Converge and Converge Adonis is no stranger to us. Listen, in the chat, because we're virtual, let's make Adonis feel absolutely welcome with a rowdy, loud, and proud Converge Church Welcome. In fact, before we do that, remember to cop your Converge merch. We've got our brand new Blackout series, our brand new Blackout collection. We've got the hoodies, we've got the sweatshirts, we've got the joggers. Make sure you visit us in our store, our e-store at store.weareconverge.com or if you have inquiries about the product and our merch, send us an email at sales at weareconverge.com. Now, again, without further ado, let's make our friend, your friend, Adonis Lindsay, our special guest this morning, welcome with a rowdy, loud, and proud Converge Church welcome as he ministers the word. There is more. God bless you. Hey everybody, Adonis Lindsay here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of Converge Church this morning. I'm excited to be with you guys. I just love the series that y'all have going on. There's more. Look at your neighbor right now and say, there's more. There you go. Say it again like you mean it. There's more. And I believe there's more for all of us today. But before I get started, I just want to give uh, props to uh, your amazing pastors. They're not only just your pastors, they're dear friends of mine. Pastors Ray and Wendy Harmon. Love them so much. Give them a round of applause. Come on. Somebody show some love in the comments there below. They just are amazing people that God has placed in your life. And I believe there's greater things in store for them. Uh, I was so excited to see him post that uh, 
that meme of the series, there is more. That's right up my alley. He knows that. You know, uh, several years ago, I wrote a book called Next, What to Do When You Know There's Something More. So I believe we're in the right place today with the right people serving the right God who's ready to do the right miracle in your life today to get you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. I believe that's a word from somebody. God's about to take you from where you are to where you're supposed to be in your life. Get ready, buckle up. I believe some great things are about to happen. You guys have been camping out in Ephesians 3.20, and I believe that with all my heart, that God can do more abundantly than what we can even dare dream or ask Him to do. That means, think about this, guys. The Bible says that His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So think about the life that uh, you've envisioned uh, or the dream or the destiny. Just think about that for a moment. And when you get a thought of that or a picture in your mind, just know that God can exceed that because he doesn't think like we think. He thinks higher and greater. So that always brings me encouragement every time I'm dreaming a dream and I'm thinking about the next step or if there's more for my life, what does that look like? My mind, because I'm human and because you're human, it can only go so far. But you know what? <laughs> I believe we're God people and God's going to blow our minds today. And he's got some great things in store for your future. And I'm going to be diving in to a very familiar story today. And don't tune me out because you've read this story before, but it's the life of Joseph, one of my favorite characters in the Bible that has taught me so much in my everyday life and how to navigate uh, through ups and downs, through setbacks, uh, through closed doors, and how to navigate through that and keep dreaming the dream. And if I was to give this message a title today, it would be Dream Again. I'm going to say that till I get it. Dream Again. And the reason I say Dream Again, because life happens and life circumstances happen when we're on that journey. And a lot of times it can take the wind out of you. It can discourage you. Uh, maybe you've uh, dreamed the dream before and you took a step of faith and you hit a crash and burn moment. It did not work out the way you thought it was going to work out. But you know what that means? Dream again. Doesn't mean you miss God. It doesn't mean uh, uh, you, you, you missed a dream. No, it just means that it's life and it happened and you got to keep on dreaming. So look at your neighbor right now and say, dream again. That's right. Dream again. So we're going to dive into this story, guys. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I'm excited about this word, and I believe it's going to bless all of us today. Make sure you share this with somebody. But I think about this. In Genesis chapter 37, there we find a young man named Joseph. And I'll just read a little bit about this in Genesis chapter 37 uh, to give you some background of this amazing story. We already know that he was a dreamer, but there were some things that challenged that dream. He wanted more for his life, and he saw the potential of having more for his life. And I believe many of you today, you're watching and you know there's more for you. You know God has more in store. And this message is for you right now. Genesis 37, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now, here's the thing, guys. Jealousy is always going to be a part of our journey. There's going to be some people that you find out that are close to you, but they're secretly jealous of you. Does that mean stop dreaming? No, it means dream again. 
In verse 5, it says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding our sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to the ground. Oh, bowed down to... His brothers can't even fathom that. They're mad already just hearing about this dream. And that's, you know, we'll learn in life, guys, that everybody in our circle or maybe everybody in our family may not be for us. And that's a hard lesson. Maybe that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. When you start pressing in to the dream that God has for you, and even more importantly than that, when you start sharing that with people in your circle, you're going to find out quickly who's for you and who's against you. In verse eight, it says, his brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will, we, will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Now, remember, they started out just jealous of him because they felt like he was daddy's favorite. Okay? His dad made him a coat of many colors. So now they're dealing with this sibling jealousy but now he's got this dream. And the Bible just said they hated him all the more because of his dream. You got to understand. You got you to have thick skin. You got to realize that some people are mad at you. Uh, they hate you. They don't like you. Not because of who you are, but because of the dream for more that you have on the inside. The dream that you've shared. The, the dream that they see you going after. They begin to hate you for that. But that's no excuse for you and I to quit dreaming for more. Because as long as you know there's something more, it's going to pick you up. It's going to get you up out of bed on Monday morning and you're going to start going after that dream with everything that you got. But you know what? You may lose some, some people in your fan club and that's okay. You may lose some friends and that's okay. There may be some people that walk out on you, but that's okay. They're mad of the dream. They're jealous of the dream. Don't stop dreaming the dream for more that God has placed on the inside of you. It says they hated him all the more because of his dream. But I love this in verse nine, and I just want to camp out here again. In verse nine, it says, then he had another dream. You know what? He kept on dreaming. And that's what I want to instill into you today. He shared the dream for more. His brothers hated him, but he kept on dreaming. He had another dream. And I want to let you know, listen, if God has placed a dream of destiny, a dream for more on the inside of you, you're not going to be able to shake it. Your opposition is not going to be able to, to shake it away from you. Joseph, siblings mad at him, jealous of him, jealous of the dream, but he still kept on dreaming. I want to encourage you today. Some of you right now, you're, you're, you're thinking about some, some moments in your life and on your journey where you were dreaming and something happened. Maybe you, a best friend walked out on you and got jealous, secretly trying to sabotage what was going on in your life. Maybe somebody who was close to you, dear to your heart, turned on you and, and, and accused you of trying to be all that plus a bag of chips. And they just accused you of being prideful and all this stuff. And, and, and they turned on you. Maybe that hurt you and you quit dreaming. But I'm here to tell you, you tuned in for such a time as this. I believe God ordered your steps to, to, to listen to this message today. My word to you today is no matter what has happened in your life, keep 
on dreaming. You got to dream again. You can't let that dream for more that God's placed in your heart, in your spirit. You can't let that die out. This is where you got to dig down deep and keep on dreaming. It says, Joseph dreamed another dream and he told it to his brothers. And we all know the journey and the story. The more he told it, the more they hated him to a degree where they devised a great plan in their eyes to demolish Joseph and to do away with the dream. And I'm here to tell you today, I believe there's three places that every dreamer is going to visit on their journey from where they are to where God wants them to be. That's that more that we're talking about. When we talked about Ephesians 3, and God will do more abundantly than what you can think or even ask Him. And we all, in our minds, we like to think of that process being very easy. In fact, if you were to take a pen, and uh, I told you to, on a piece of paper, draw from uh, your path of the journey from where you are to where you want to be, you would draw a straight line. <laughs> but with God, we know that's not like that. God takes that pen, and it's all loop to loop. It's loop. Sometimes you go forward. Sometimes you go backwards. Sometimes you go up. Sometimes you go down. But at the end of the day, if you stick throughout the process, God will get you from where you are to where He wants you to be to experience the more that He has in store for you. There is more. You just got to stay committed, uh, stay uh, in tune with God. You got to stay uh, on the journey. You got to keep motivating yourself. You got to stay in His Word, and you got to keep your eyes on Him no matter what if you want to reach the more that God has for you. Now, I'm going to get back to this. This is a a little teaching time for all of us, but the, there's three places I believe that we all are going to visit on our journey to get to our destination of more. Now, that first place, and we're going to learn this uh, through the story of Joseph, but I believe that first place is the place, what I call the place of solitude, where you're all by yourself. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 19 and 20, this is where uh, Joseph's brothers they got sick and tired of hearing about his dream. They got sick and tired of uh, thinking that he was going to be ruling over them. And they came up with this plan to do away with all of that. You see, the enemy, <laughs> he's not just mad at you. He's mad at the dream that God has given you. And in Genesis 37, verse 19, uh, Joseph's brother said, here comes that dreamer. They don't even say, they're not even saying, here comes our brother. They're saying, here comes that dreamer. That's right. The more you dream, the more you will irritate people around you. But don't let that bother you. We'll find out as we continue in the story. It says, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him into one of these cisterns, this pit, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Now, you think about that. They're not even thinking about, this is a human life. This is our brother. They were so mad at the dream. That's the, that's the work of the enemy. We'll turn people against you. They're not mad at you. They're mad at the dream. They said, let's kill him, throw him into this pit, and then we will see what will become of his dreams. I'm telling you, when God's given you a dream, the enemy cannot kill it. Come on, somebody hold on to that. When God's given you a promise for more, 
The enemy can't steal that away from you. You just got to go through some stuff. Uh-oh, uh-oh, now I'm getting real. <laughs> Listen, you're going to get what God has for you. You're going to have to go through some stuff, okay? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you got, uh, got the T-shirt to prove it. You're going to have to go through some stuff to get to what God has for you. They said, then we'll see what we come, we'll, we'll become of his dreams. But one of the brothers, thank God, at least one brother had a little godliness, a little human decency to say, hey, we can't do this. This is our brother. Let's just throw him into this pit. So there Joseph was in this place of solitude, in this, in this dark place, this pit. And the moment you start going after that dream for more, you may find yourself, I believe you will, find yourself in that place of solitude. It doesn't mean camp out there, but you've got to allow the Holy Spirit and God to do the work that He needs to do in you. In that place of solitude where nobody is around, nobody is encouraging you, nobody's being your cheerleader, nobody is is watching your social media feed and nobody's liking your pictures and your posts. And and (laughs) y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? You may feel like you're all alone, but you're not alone. And I believe that place of solitude, if you want to experience the more that God has for you, that place of solitude is a must stop for you, meaning you've got to go to that place. It's not to take you out. It's actually to build you up. Can you imagine? Let's just jump into the skin of Joseph. Let's jump into the shoes of Joseph right now. He's in a dark place, in a pit. He went from being loved by his father. Now he's in a pit. So no love around him. It's all just Joseph. And in that moment, in that darkness, I believe that's where we must press in to the things of God. That's where we must strengthen our relationship with God. That's that's when we must come to really know who we are. This is when we come to reality with ourselves and our own thoughts. This is where we begin to apply the word of God. This is where we've got to encourage ourselves. Do you remember David, when his men spoke of stoning him? It says David encouraged himself in the Lord. In that place of solitude, I believe God takes you there so that All of your cheerleaders are no longer around you. Nobody's propping you up. Nobody's saying, hey, good job. Nobody's saying, oh, you're awesome, man. Keep going, keep going. No, no, none of that is around. It's just you and God. And this is where the roots grow down deep. This is where you get so convinced that if God be for me, who can be against me? God is on my side. Who can be against me? And in that place of solitude, you realize all you really need is God. (laughs) All you really need is Jesus, and he can get you through anything. But that place of solitude is not to take you out. It's to build you up and set you up for the next transition that God has for your life. Remember, we're on this journey. Joseph was on a journey towards more for his life. He really couldn't articulate it right. But God gave him just a glimpse of what he had in store. And I believe somebody's watching right now. God gave you a glimpse. Listen, in the place of solitude, all you need is a glimpse. All you need is a flicker. And that's enough. 
to brighten your way into the next phase that God has for your life. So that place of solitude, learn to embrace it. That place of solitude where it's not noisy. Come on, let's face it. We live in a very noisy world. Sometimes God has to do away with all the loud voices to where you can tune in on him. That place of solitude, it's not to break you, it's to make you. Come on, somebody praise God for that. So that was the first place. And I believe the second place on our journey, I call it the place of halfway there. Uh Uh-oh, halfway there. If you're going for more, you can't stay stuck at halfway there. What I mean by this is we jump back into the life of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37, verse 28. Uh, After his brothers threw him into the pit, uh, then they sold him in the slavery uh, to the Midianites. It says, so when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of that cistern, out of that pit, and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. So he's still on this journey. Not the, not the way that he would have thought it, but it was God's plan for his life. It says, meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Potiphar's officials, the captain of the guard. Mm. One of Pharaoh's officials, excuse me, the captain of the guard. Joseph was sold into slavery in the Potiphar's house, but he did his best while he was there. See, in that in that. In that place of solitude, he learned that God was with him. So when he got sold into slavery there in Potiphar's house, the Bible says Joseph did his best and had favor with the Lord. And because of that favor, he was recognized by Potiphar. Potiphar's like, man, this, this guy's got something going. I can trust this guy. This, this guy's, man, he's, he's doing things good. He's taking care of my business. Now, Joseph learned that in that place of solitude. (laughs) That place of solitude, he grew in his relationship with God. Got out, got sold into slavery. There he was receiving favor from God. And in the eyes of Potiphar, Potiphar put him in charge of everything in his house, except his wife. Put him in charge of everything. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I call this a place of halfway there because many of us, I believe, when we're on that journey for more we get stuck on, well, this is good enough. Can you imagine Joseph being second in command at Potiphar's house? He's telling servants what to do. He's, he's the man. He's large and in charge. And I believe with all my heart, Joseph could have started thinking, you know what? This is good. I know God gave me a dream for more, but, but I'm okay now. At least I'm not in that pit anymore. At least I'm not around my brothers where they're trying to kill me. But this is, this is okay. This is good. I, I'm surviving. Things are going good. It, it's not quite the dream that God showed me, but, 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 but maybe I'm okay. And I just need to be thankful and content here at this place called Halfway There. And I believe in those moments, we all hit them where we feel like, you know what? I made a great run after that dream for more, but this is where I am. And I just need to be thankful. And no, 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 no. You see, Joseph reached a place of success in Potiphar's house, but he had no significance. We'll say that again. He reached success, but had no significance. 
We find significance when we're in the perfect will of God, when we're doing the very thing that God's called us to do. Joseph still had another leg to run on his journey, but he almost missed it until God allowed a certain situation to happen. There he was doing his thing and Potiphar's wife tried to, tried to get with him. And Joseph was too much of a man of God. He ran out of the house. She grabbed him by his coat. He took off, left the coat there. Now she lied on him, right? Yeah, she lied on him and told Potiphar when he got home, hey, Potiphar, this, 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 this guy you put in charge, he tried to get with me. We all know that was a lie. Potiphar got so mad that, that he had Joseph thrown in jail, in the prison. Let me back up just a little bit. I believe God allows situations and circumstances to move you because he knew you would never have moved yourself. Oh, that is a word for somebody. That's a word for somebody right now. I believe that. Sometimes we get stuck in a place called Settleville and we settle for halfway and then God has to allow a situation to happen. I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day. He is a, uh, he's a physical trainer. And he would have to rent space out from other gyms. And, and uh, after about four or five times of having these gyms pull his contract and because maybe they were shutting down and, and he got to a place where he's like, you know what? The last place that pulled my contract and they shut down, he said, I don't believe they got rid of me. I believe God was pushing me out. And I was with him the other day. He opened up his very own gym. He owns it. And see, some of us, we get, we get stuck when, when we, we go into work one day and we get laid off. Well, maybe God knew you would have never moved from that job in the first place, so he had to do something to move you on. I believe somebody needs to catch that right now. This is, listen, if you trust God and you're in God's hands, God knows that if you're halfway there, he's got to get you moving. So you got to start looking at those situations. Somebody walked out on you. You know what? Maybe that was God saying, hey, that relationship was not for you. And he's moving you on <laughs> into your greatness, into your destiny, into the place called more that we're believing him for. Don't get stuck. Don't get hung up when something happens. Joseph could have got hung up, you know, like, oh, man, they, now I'm in prison and she lied on me. But I believe God was moving him out because he had grown into a place where he was settling for second best. And I believe God loves you too much. He's invested in you too much to leave you at that place of halfway there. Remember, you're not after success. You're after significance. That is found when we're doing the very thing that God's called us to do. So that was the second place, the place of halfway there. And this third place, we all know, Potiphar threw him in prison. And I call this third place, this is where, this is where we're going to zero in here. This third place is the place of serving time. Uh-oh. <laughs> that place of serving time. Genesis 39, it says, when, when his master, meaning Potiphar, heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your, your slave treated me. He was burned with anger. Joseph's master took him, put him in prison 
the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So deep, deep, deep down in the prison is where he put Joseph. And in that time, in that place, he's serving time. He's serving time. And some of you, you've been in this a while and you've been faithful for a time. You've been diligent for a time. You've been serving God for a time. And let's be honest, sometimes you feel like all you've been doing is serving time, waiting to see that dream fulfilled, waiting to see things come to fruition, waiting to see the promise of more for your life. Well, I'm here to tell you and encourage you, hold on. Your journey is not over yet. God's got something great in store for you. And while Joseph is serving time, we all know the story. Some things begin to transpire. Joseph did his best where he gained favor because he had favor with the Lord. So he gained favor with the prison guards and they put Joseph in charge of the entire prison. I'm telling you, listen, when God's birthed some things on the inside of you, okay, your your, your gift, that gift that he gave you will make room for you and it'll, it'll put you in positions. Don't ever forget that while you're serving time. Keep letting that gift of God work on the inside of you. We all know the story. One day as Joseph is there and the butler and the baker from Pharaoh are cast into the prison and they don't know what happened and each one of them had a dream. And Joseph, by then his relationship had grown so much with God, he learned how to interpret these dreams. And the butler comes down and he shares his dream uh, and the baker shares his dream, and Joseph has a word for both of them. And he's, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's looking at the baker like, you know what, you ain't gonna make it. You're not getting out of here. Uh, but the butler, Joseph said, you're gonna be restored to favor uh, in Pharaoh's eyes once again. And he said, when you get back to Pharaoh, please make mention of me and get me up out of here because I don't belong here. And that's a powerful statement right there because. When he was in Potiphar's house, remember back then when Joseph was in Potiphar's house, he wasn't making any statements like, hey, Potiphar, I don't belong here. No, because he had grown to Settleville. But as he's grown in his relationship, he's in prison. He's like, wait a minute. I'm still I'm still halfway there. I'm closer than I was, but this is not the end all for me. And I love that because that's when the faith begins to arise. And even though Joseph is large and in charge in the prison, he's running the entire prison. He knows I don't belong here. I've reached a level of success in prison, but significance is on the horizon. I got to keep moving forward. Oh, I don't know who that's for. I'm going to receive it myself, okay? Whether you receive it or not, significance is on the horizon. Keep moving forward. Now, let me give you five places real quick, and I'm, gonna, I'm looking at my time here. I got a few more minutes here with you. I'm going to give you five things to remember while you're serving time. The first one is, don't put all your hope in one person. Don't put your hope in one person. Put your hope in God. You remember Joseph, he put all his hope in that butler and thinking that butler was going to remember him. And that butler got out of prison and got restored to Pharaoh. And he forgot about Joseph for two years. Listen, this is where you can't put your hope in man. Don't trust in man. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God while you're serving time. The second one is, Don't grow bitter by pondering on the past. 
See, I believe God will leave you where you are until you get some things worked out in you. Joseph could have been bitter towards Potiphar's wife. Well, that lady lied on me and, and it cost me my job. And he could have been bitter. No, we can't. The past is behind you. Don't be bitter. Because if you're trusting God, you know that God orders your steps. So don't get bitter on what happened in the past, what coulda, shoulda, woulda. No, 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 no. We don't have time. We don't have the emotional energy to spend on that. Don't grow bitter by pondering on the past. The third one is don't become institutionalized. Oh, that's a big one. I don't know if you if any movie buffs are out there, but uh, a great movie, Shawshank Redemption uh, with Morgan Freeman, uh, the voice of God himself. <laughs> but Morgan Freeman, uh, along with some others, are these prisoners that have been uh, in prison for so long that one of them comes up for parole and he does something. He, he stages a fight because he wants to stay in prison. He doesn't want to come up for parole and get released because he's grown to enjoy the comforts of a place that he doesn't belong in. Oh, I'm going to say that till I get it. He grew accustomed to the comforts of a place that he didn't belong in. They were getting ready to release him. Hey, your time, you serve time, it's up. But he wanted to stay. Don't become institutionalized. Listen, when God gets ready to propel you into the more, you may have to give up something. You see, I, I believe this with all my heart. The problem is not where you're wanting to go. The problem is what are you willing to leave behind in order to get there? That's the real problem. You're going to have to let go of some comfort, some familiarity, things that you're used to. you got to let them go to move on. Don't become institutionalized. The fourth one is remember God's timing is perfect. God's never late. He's right on time. He knows what he's doing. He's not bound to your timetable. We are bound to his. He knows what he's doing. Because after two years, and I believe God waited till Joseph got his heart right, got things right on the inside of him, waited till he was no longer mad at his brothers. And then all of a sudden, two years later, Pharaoh has a dream and needs somebody to interpret it. And then that butler's like, hey, wait, hey, Pharaoh, I know a guy. <laughs> they call for Joseph. Verse Genesis chapter 41 Verse 14, it says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. But Joseph first shaved himself, changed his clothes, and made himself presentable. Then he came into Pharaoh's presence, and that changed his life. That moment, he was stepping in to more. But he had to go through a process in order to get there. Joseph stepped into uh, in the presence of Pharaoh. Pharaoh had this dream, and he said, I don't have anybody to interpret it. Long story short, Joseph interpreted the dream and said, you know, Pharaoh, we're going to have seven years of good, but then there's going to be seven years of famine. Pharaoh's like, well, I'm glad you could interpret that. What should I do? And Joseph begins to come up with this amazing plan on how to preserve life during those years of famine. And I love that because Pharaoh looked at him and put him in charge of everything in the land. He was second in command 
of everything. What happened? He just stepped into his more. He stepped into his more. And I believe that's about to happen to many of you right now that are watching right now. God's plan is unfolding right before your very eyes. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. You're about to step into more right now. And I want to wrap this up as, as Joseph takes his, his rightful place and position in the land. Uh, he finally reveals himself to his brothers. And remember, his brothers, those were the 12 tribes of Israel. God's big plan was to preserve life. And he used Joseph to do that. And when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, his brothers thought immediately when they saw it was Joseph and he was second in command, his brothers like, oh, well, we're dead. He's about to get revenge on us. And I love Joseph's response. Joseph said, no, 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 you don't, you don't get it. God, God worked all that out in my heart. I'm not bitter towards you. I'm not angry anymore. And he, Joseph went so far as to say, you know, you guys, when you sold me out, you actually set me up. You sent me ahead of you to preserve your life. Ooh, man, that's a powerful statement right there. Joseph, in that moment, understood the full plan that God had for his life. Listen, hope this encouraged you. Hope this uh, inspired you in some way to stay in it, to win it. Stay encouraged while you're on this journey for more. I believe God has great things in store for you. He is sending you ahead through this journey called life to help somebody out on the other end. There's great things in store for you. Let me pray with you right now, and I'm going to turn it back over uh, to the team there. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to bless those that are watching right now. And Father, I just thank you that this word will just implant itself in our hearts and our spirits, and it will ignite a fire on the inside of us to keep running the race that you've called us to, Lord God. As we reach for more, may we never forget the God of more in Jesus' name. Listen, guys, it's been a privilege. It's been an honor. Uh, I believe your next days are your best days. Get ready for God to take you into more. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurchatweareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting Converge Give along with the dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.